Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Welcome in, Stacking the Box. It's the Chiefs celebration. Look at what's going on, Matt Berteram. Five touchdown passes. I think you should apologize. I think you should apologize as I'm just hearing myself back on the YouTube stream. Got to click that off. Thank you very much. Now I can focus. I think you should apologize to all Chiefs fans for all your panic all season long. And by the way, uh, before we even do that, thank you to everybody who gave us uh, publicity on our Dick Butkus and Bart Oates interviews. We appreciate uh, everyone uh, from the Sun-Times to WSCR, The Score, to the New York Post, to all around the country. Stacking the box, making news this week, Verderam. It really was. Uh, Dick Butkus, uh, Bart Oates making waves with the Lawrence Taylor story, with, with Butkus talking about the Bears. Their, uh, their their commentary was very appreciated, and it really did. It really was all over the place. That was that was fun. That was pretty cool. Um, and we thank those guys for coming on. Of course, talking to Butkus was pretty neat. I've talked to a lot of great NFL players. He uh, he definitely checks off a bucket list item now. So, and he he did not disappoint. He was everything I, I thought that Dick Buckus would be. I, I got a way in that uh, Dick looked like he was. It was like 1962. He had his suit on. It was like he was in a, a board meeting making moves here. The guy looked – it was un, an unbelievable look by uh, Dick if you want to go back and stacking the box time. The, the man looked super professional. He did. But, look, to get to uh, on-the-field stuff for this week, I don't know that I have to apologize. Man. I, I think I think I've been correct with them for the year. I mean, my God, how, how could I not – how could I not have been? I've been saying for two months that – they need to get back to being them. They have to stop playing the scared brand of football. And I know, obviously, we talk a lot more about the Chiefs in the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Um, you know, we also touch on them here. But I've been saying this for a month. Like, they, that's what they needed to do. Go after the other team. Stop playing scared. Stop worrying about two safeties over the top. And I'm not saying force the ball. But design plays to go after them. Now, the Raiders didn't play a ton of cover two in that game. They played a lot of cover three. They played zone underneath. The Chiefs have struggled more with man and with cover two this year. Regardless, though, like Mahomes was just Mahomes in that game. He just went for it. And I thought it was wonderful to see, unless you're a Raiders fan, that game was everything that the Chiefs have not been all year long. I mean, they've had offensive performances that were great, but no defense, and then vice versa. This was the first time in the 2021 season offensively, defensively, coaching, it all came together, and obviously it resulted in a huge win. So some people are saying that, uh, yeah, okay, they did that against Gus Bradley's, the, the cover three, as you're kind of teeing on teeing up here, or versus the Chiefs are back and they're going to win the AFC, and the AFC is miserable, and this was just a blip in the season. Look at the defense, and okay, it's it was a concern, but now it's not. 
where he had the reason why I think, by the way, you should apologize for him. I think if, if we if we pull out some quotes, I think you said at least at one point that you didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I might. I honestly don't remember. I might have. Um, I think I think after the Titans game, I think after the Titans game, I did. I said, you know, look, they, they, they couldn't do anything. I mean, it was it was so bad. Um, but at the same point, I've been pretty consistent with the fact, like, look, the early in the year, they couldn't stop anyone. Later in the year, they, they couldn't score a point. It's it's always, yeah, yeah there's Gonzo saying it was after the Titans. Yeah, I, 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 I believe it. I'm sure I did. I mean, they were they were so abominable at that point. It felt like winning a game was impossible. Now, look, the other side of it, too, let's be real. I also didn't know that Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing for the Packers. That helped. Um, but let's be real. They were awful. Like it was, you know, it wasn't like some huge stretch. Um, the the reality is, that the Chiefs got the win that they've been needing all year. That game against the Raiders was the biggest game all year for them. If they lose that game, they they are all of a sudden looking at five and five. The Cowboys coming in, and it does become a real concern. Like, can Kansas City get going at all? Now they win the game. You're six and four. They're first place in division. I mean, I think if, if there's one thing to really talk about, and we're going to get to it here with where they rank in the AFC. Like they should have been buried this year. Should have been buried. The Bills have played nobody all season long. They're the easiest schedule in the world. The Ravens, who have a very hard schedule the rest of the way, have not have had many many games they should have won. Obviously lost on Thursday to Miami, which is a disgraceful performance. The, and then the division, the Chargers have been busy blowing games to Minnesota at home, or, you know, barely getting by Philadelphia. The Raiders lose to the Giants. I mean, those teams had every opportunity to put Kansas City two, three games back and could never do it. And I think that's as big a part of the story as what Kansas City is doing right now as anything else. Wide open AFC, no doubt about it. Um I listen, there was an ugly performance by the Raiders, who, by the way, I picked in the game was a complete nightmare. And uh, I owe Hall of Famer Dan Hampton some money. Uh, Hamp, congratulations. Uh, do, do we do we see uh, before we get to another team that's having a very interesting time in the L.A. Rams? Just yeah. quickly on the Raiders after this performance, are, are we they were the darlings after Gruden left. Right. And all of a sudden. The motive, whatever. It just it looked like they were a team that was intent on proving a point. But now you get smoked, and you wonder: Is this Raiders team about to go in the tank? It's fair to ask. I mean, this has been a couple of years running now. That's kind of been their mo, right? Now I know Gruden's no longer there, so maybe maybe you throw that out a little bit. But the last couple of years, the Raiders have gotten off to really good starts, and then the weather turns. And I'm not saying it's because of the weather, but the weather turns, and all of a sudden, the Raiders go you know two and five down the stretch and can't do anything. I, I, I think it's interesting, uh, as I'm, I'm just uh, tweeting this out one more time, just so people can join us, find us, have a conversation. Appreciate you, Gonzo, for coming in, joining the join the group. Um, Gonzo's got to be related to you. He remembers everything you said. Apparently, he, He's he put, not, he, but he's a good man. He should be. Um, yeah. look, I, I, the reality is, for the Raiders, they play the Bengals this weekend. We're going to get to that game in our six-pack of questions or six-pack of games we talked about with uh, Benny Heisler. Uh, they have to win this game. I mean, they they have to beat Cincinnati. That game's at home. I know the Bengals are off a bye. I get all that. You got to win. Like, you've got to win the game. But I, I I think before we move on, real quick, because we did tease the question, 
I'll let you lead off. Where do the Chiefs rank in your AFC power rankings as we head into week 11? So I have the Chiefs at the top, Verderam. That's where I have them. All the way to the top. Yep. I, listen, the Titans are playing great football and six wins in a row. That's amazing in any NFL season. And their schedule the rest of the way, if you uh, you know go by Tankathon, the easiest schedule in the AFC. So I expect them to be there. But ultimately, I do think that Derrick Henry's absence, although he could be back for the playoffs, which if, if that's the case, uh, you know, I, I reserve the right if he's playing in the postseason to to love up Tennessee. But even then, I'll still take the best quarterback on the most seasoned team uh, with a defense that's emerging in Kansas City. Baltimore has been very Jekyll and Hyde. And I don't know what's going on with Buffalo. Uh, maybe it's just a motivation thing that, that uh, long NFL season, whatnot. But back and forth, back and forth. You know what's who's interesting to me right now is the Patriots. Four wins in a row. Mac Jones, he's not throwing for a ton of yards, but he's putting three touchdowns up. They're killing the Browns. Uh, New England, I think, has to be in the conversation right now. And if you look at the odds, nobody's really buying into the Patriots, but I, I find New England to be very interesting. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I see everybody joining in. Appreciate it. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Jalen, Sam, we'll get to that in one second. The Chiefs at their best at the best in the league. When the Chiefs play their best at the best team in football. I, I don't right. know that there's really even an argument. They are the best team when they play their best. Um, and, and I see expectations for Chiefs-Cowboys, a lot of points. And it's not because I don't think the Chiefs defense is playing well. I do. I think the Chiefs defense has played great the last five weeks, by and large. But, no, they um, – <laughs> this is going to be a game I think you're going to have to get in the 30s. It's just, it's just Dallas is a great offense. Kansas City, when they're rolling, is a great offense. I think this is going to be a game where, you know, it's going to come down to – like I, and I say this all the time. Who wins on third down? Who wins? By the way, here's a crazy stat from Sunday Night Football. The Raiders, they converted one third down in the game. Total yards on third down for the Raiders, negative three. That's how you you win football games in the NFL. You win in the red zone, you win on third down, and you win in turnovers and penalties. That's how you win. Well, what do you think that says about the Chiefs defense, Verderham? That's where I was going to go with this. So where do I think they rank in the AFC? I can't. Look, I would have said like sixth before this week, so I can't put them all the way at the top. But I, I will put them right behind, closely behind Tennessee and Buffalo. But I will, I will put this caveat in: if that game against the Raiders is indicative of how they're going to play moving forward, one and it's not close. Like if they play like that, they're going to beat anybody they play, and I don't care where they play them. But the reason you know, everybody's focused on Mahomes, and I get it, right? He was in a little bit of a slump, four hundred six yards, five touchdowns. Like, how could you not talk about that? But it's their defense. Like, that's been the thing quietly. And I texted with a few people around them and around the league, and that is the story in the league is their defense. They are averaging giving up 15 points a game in the last five weeks. If they do that defensively, they're going to beat everybody because that team defensively was a mess early in the year. And all of a sudden, and a lot of things have changed. If you're a Chiefs fan, you already know this. If you're not, you, you may not. They put in Willie Gay, who was out with a toe injury earlier in the year. He adds a ton of speed to their linebacking group, some coverage ability. Nick Bolton was the defensive rookie of the month in October. He's been great. They put Chris Jones back inside. Melvin Ingram comes in. He's made a difference. Juan Thornhill replaces Dan Sorensen. I mean, you go on and on and on. Rashad Fenton, who they basically wouldn't play the first month of the year, he is the number one corner on pro football focus right now. So they have all these different guys who have come in, and none of them are like nationally heralded names. 
you know, maybe chance Melvin Ingram a little bit, but they've made a huge impact. And I see you asking Zach and Lance are quick. If the, if the Chiefs win Sunday, they run the table and maybe the one seed. It's a lot to bet on, but I said this on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. If Kansas City beats Dallas, they go into a bye. After that, they play Denver twice, the Raiders at home, the Steelers at home, and then the Bengals and Chargers on the road. I think it's very possible they could run the table. Well, very of course, of, of course, and at, at the start of the year, some people had them going 17 and 0, um, which was very few people, but the, yeah, the diehards out there. The, 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 anybody the, going 17 0 is crazy. Yeah, right. Well, the, the Nick Wrights of the world were, were, were out well, there. Nick Wright's a good man. He's a fan of this, a friend of the show, but it's crazy. <laughs> he, he wasn't even saying 17 and 0. He was putting 20 and 0 out there. Yeah. But, but here, look, as, as far as the Chiefs' defense, yeah. They've been impressed the last three weeks, but we do have to throw the caveat in there that it was against the Giants, who are not exactly lighting up the scoreboard. Green Bay didn't have Rodgers, and okay, impressive win against the Raiders. I think that's the most impressive of the last three. The Raiders game, I think, matters, though. Like, I agree with you, the other ones, and the caveats, well, they they destroyed the Raiders. I I agree. Absolutely Uh, took them apart for 60. That game, how many times, I mean, how many times did Carr just throw, like, an arm punt? Because he was under pressure, he, he couldn't get the ball. I mean, Waller did nothing. Waller's killed the Chiefs, killed them his entire career, and they completely shut him down. So I agree. Like, look, against Washington, the Giants, the Pack, totally agree with you. The Raiders game, the Raiders led the league in explosive plays. I understand, obviously, Henry Ruggs not there, but I, I thought that that game was. Imp- I mean, you you hold team to fourteen points in their building sure. with, with a good with a good group of skill position players. You know, they, they really did a nice job. Ed says, big Chiefs fan, but don't they have to be a good team with a good quarterback first before we anoint them the second coming? And I think it's fair. I think the Raiders, though, are a decent team. Like, I, I wouldn't say they're a great team, but they're they're a team that's going to compete for a playoff spot unless they just totally go off the deep end. Um, But, no, listen, I, that's fair. Like, if you want to wait to see them beat Dallas or how they play against Dallas, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. The Cowboys have put up over 43 times this year. Or they can put it up. They they did it last week. So if you're looking for a litmus test on the Chiefs defense, I think you're you're certainly going to get one uh this 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 coming week. So uh great great game, great game to go into the bye and then if you if you win it and you do it impressively all all of Kansas City can just you know, go eat some Gates barbecue and or Arthur Bryant's and or Okie Joe's and and, uh, and and relax and enjoy the time. All right. Speaking of uh, a little bit of stress going on, let's move over, Verderam, to the Rams, who have been as active as you can possibly be to try to win the Super Bowl this year, uh, Odell being the latest version of that. And look, it, it ain't exactly going well. Ugly loss this week and – you know, you're, you're also dealing with uh, an injury to Robert Woods ACL, uh, yeah, which is yeah. which was which is a, is going to impact them. Uh, I don't know if it's a leadership thing with the Rams or some people are they're looking at Sean McVay and his halftime adjustments, which have been basically non-existent. If you look at his record, they're great when they lead at half and bat. If they're trailing, they don't exactly turn it around. I, I don't know. But uh, whatever's going on, so the, the Rams have some some significant work to do as far as uh even being close to consider the favorite in the NFC right now? Because I don't think they are. Well, they're a tough team to figure because when they look good, they're as scary as anybody in the NFL. But when they look bad, they look like they, they, they can't do anything. My concern with them has been the same concern since the first week of the season. I am a big believer that experience in big moments matters. 
It just does. Now, we have not gotten a big moment yet with the Rams, okay? We have not gotten there. Um, but Stafford, like, he's had moments the last couple of weeks where he looks like a college kid. I mean, just like ridiculous interceptions. Now, the pick six last night was not his fault, okay? Kigby's got to catch that. The ball bounces off his hands. The first one you want to say, well, it's on Odell. Okay, I mean, he threw it in a double coverage. I mean, there's two Niners standing right there, and Stafford just wails the thing into double coverage. And he also got, like, there were a couple other throws in that game that were very pickable. But he's been very good overall. I mean, I have him in my top five quarterbacks in my rankings this week. But I, I worry about them in the sense they are so top-heavy talent-wise. Like, one or two injuries to that team, they're done. Now, you could say, well, that's true of everybody. But that's not true of everybody. The Packers have had injuries this year, and they've been fine. They've overcome them, right? Like, you know, there are teams that have a lot of depth. You know, Kansas City, they didn't have – the Chiefs been very healthy. But, for an example, they were able to really swap out a lot of guys on defense because they had a lot of younger depth. The Rams have no depth because they don't draft anybody. Like, And that is one thing that I do not understand. There are people out there who think it's the greatest thing in the world that Les Snead just doesn't believe that he needs a draft pick. And Les Snead's even made fun of it himself. It's like, hey, Les – it's going to be a problem here at some point. You have no young talent to backfill any of these positions. And if anybody gets hurt, you're screwed. And when Robert well, Woods going down, everybody says, well, they have Beckham. Beckham has done nothing in five years. And I said this on this podcast a week ago before he signed anywhere. He has done nothing outside of one Freddie Kitchen season where he had over 1,000 yards in five years. Like, why does anyone think Odell Beckham's going to go in there and just light the world on fire because of his name? Because if you took his name off of his production, you'd be like, he's some guy. You don't even care. Like, what has he done recently that tells you he's going to be an upgrade or even serviceably comparable to Robert Woods? Nothing. Absolutely nothing over the last half decade. Well, let, let's actually uh, let's break that down in, 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 in truth-speaking terms. Odell, uh, look, with Cleveland this year, 17 catches on 34 targets for 232 yards. Uh, last year, injuries, what whatnot, 23 receptions for 319 yards. It, it he hasn't had the, he's had one he's had one season where he caught 100 balls after a great start to his career, and basically since 2017, he's been pedestrian. I mean, he did two with that 1,000 yard seasons. Of one with Cleveland and one with he did, the Giants. He did one. He had two. He, he barely eclipsed it twice in 2018, yeah. 2019. So I, I'm not. I don't want to make it out like he wasn't doing anything because that's that's completely unfair. But we're talking about him being elite, and, and granted, it's not like he was catching passes from uh, Dan Marino in his prime or Patrick Mahomes right now, whatever. But I, I, the, what is this phrase? The squeeze in the juice and all that. The squeeze is not worth the juice. So yeah. It, yeah. it's yeah. not with him. Like, come on. I mean, let's let's also keep it real, okay? His first three years, he was unbelievable. Since then, it's been a lot of injuries, and it's been a whole lot of non-production. And you know what? I, look, we live in a day and age where you've got to empower the hell out of every player, and God forbid you ever criticize any player, okay? Now, I'll never get on a guy for injuries. Injuries happen. That, that's the way it is. That's life, okay? No, no player can control that. But what I will say about Beckham, and I'm not – Sitting here, I'm not going to be one of these people that always oh, a locker room cancer. I'm not saying that. I've never heard a teammate speak anything bad about him. What I will say is, I do think it matters. The Giants signed him to a huge extension, trade him a year later, and ate a ton of money on that contract to get rid of him. The Browns, who are fighting for their lives right now to make the playoffs in a year, or some people thought they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, 
the Browns were like, we will eat seven and a half million. Get out. I mean, does that does that ever matter? Do people just pretend like that just didn't happen? You've had two teams in the last what four years, if I'm doing it off the top of my head right, three years, who have been like, We're good. We don't care that you're talented. We don't want you here. Now, you could sit there and say, Well, the Giants are a mess and Dave Gettleman's a mess. The Browns at this point, weird to say, a well run organization. Andrew Berry is a very well respected competent general manager. Kevin Stefanski is a very good head coach. They had no reason to get rid of him other than the fact they just did not want him. They wanted nothing to do with it. And you think that the reason they got rid of him is because his father went on an Instagram message. That's nonsense. If he was productive, they wouldn't have cared. Okay? It was was the last straw to just go, goodbye, see ya. So I I think the Rams, by the way, and this isn't just a pile on OBJ. The trade for Von Miller to me was ridiculous. You gave up a second and a third round pick for half a season of Von Miller, who missed all of last year, who then this year has been okay. He's been fine. He's not great anymore. He's clearly on the back nine of his career. And now he's hurt again. He missed the first game since he was with the team. Yesterday made no impact. Like, to me, you gave up two top 100 picks for a guy who's at the end of his career – and I don't know how much of an impact he's going to make. Like right now, the Rams are paying for name way more than they're paying for production. It's almost like they're doing a Hollywood Los Angeles show. Like, oh, come see Odell, come see Von Miller, and oh, and, and listen, I'm a Matthew Stafford the fan. The and- cast, you know. Right, like let, let let's bring in every single big name so we can try to fill up SoFi Stadium and and get people excited about our football team, which looks great. You win the you win the press conference or whatever. You you win right. the news you cycle. You are, but but, you win but the football game. yeah. So uh, and listen, uh, hey, I got nothing against Odell. I hope he I hope he plays great. Go ahead. I I, I and I'm 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 straight rooting for Matthew Stafford. Uh, yeah. Got you know for all the years in Detroit and all the negative stuff thrown at him, I've been back in this. The, the, the town is there to get him out of there. But uh, you're right, reminding back to what you said about five minutes ago that there's been just some really, really head scratching Matthew Stafford plays. But that just, I mean, I guess you got to take the good with the bad, and that's 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 what he is. Uh, ben Heiser's coming up in a little bit here, but let's uh let's take a look at that NFC. You want to put the Packers up top? Who's your best team in the NFC right now, Verderam? You know, it's a great it's a great debate you could have because there's really there's the five big teams that have been there all all year long, right? I mean, it's Arizona, it's it's, it's L.A., Green Bay, Dallas, and and Tampa. I think Green Bay right now is the most complete team of the group. They went in Arizona and beat them with half their team. They have not played the Rams this year. They've not played Tampa this year. They've not played Dallas this year. So it's hard to get a, a one-on-one comparison with anybody else. But I think their their defense is playing great. I mean, their defense, you go into Arrowhead, you hold this. I get it, the Chiefs are really struggling offensively. Still, I mean, it is what it is. You held them to 13 points. Uh, you did a great job there. And they had no help from their offense in that game because the Packers couldn't sustain one drive all afternoon. Um, then they shut out Seattle. That's it's pretty impressive. Like the And the Packers are doing this without Jair Alexander, who they will get back, without Zedaria Smith, who they might get back. Whitney Merciless is now down with a torn bicep. He's out for the year. Sean Gary has a hyperextended elbow. He's going to try to play through it. But, man, it's the same thing I said about Chiefs a few weeks ago, right? Like, 
if if their quarterback, if their offense is their problem, they'll figure it out. Like at some point, they're just talented enough they'll get it going. The Packers' offense is going to be just fine, you know, especially once Aaron Jones returns here in a few weeks. If that defense can play anywhere near this level consistently, yeah, I think they're the best team. Matt Lefleur is getting some uh, some head coach of the year nominations. That I don't see. They're supposed to be good. Yeah, but they've he's handled a lot. Aaron Rodgers has been a lot. Of a, lot. a lot of injuries and well, and, and, and off the field. That's fair. Off the field, I mean, I I'm not sure exactly who you want to raise up over Lafleur because. Well, I mean, look, and, and I was the dope who in the in the preseason, and I'll, I'll throw my hand up and say I was the one when we were talking about who, hey, who might be the first coach who gets fired, give a bold prediction. I was like, oh, Kingsbury. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, we're all dope sometimes. I was a dope. Um, you know, he's got to be in there. You know, I think everybody thought they were going to finish last place in that division. So, yeah, he, he's got to be in the mix. Kingsbury's fair, but just if you pr- project Rabel? it out, they're, they're, well, yeah, absolutely. Vrabel's got to be in the conversation. Yeah, but with with Kingsbury, they're they're saying they're not bringing back Kyler Murray until he's a hundred percent. You've got a very competitive division, so how long they actually sit through it and 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 stick to those words, which they should. You, it's it. it, it I, I get we're all prisoners of the moment, but you, with with a young quarterback like that, you have to think long term and not worry. Just getting in the playoffs is a win. Right. Have him be, you know, well, and, and we've, all that. We've talked, by the way, on this podcast. And and you especially, to be fair, about, you know, can Murray stay healthy? That is a big thing with him. He did not last year, fell apart physically on the stretch. He's not a big guy. Can that team stay healthy? Right now they're going through it. And, you know, no one's talking about it because Murray didn't play. So And fair enough. They got destroyed by Carolina. Like that, that would be the one thing that does worry me a little bit. Like, Carolina was playing P.J. Walker and went in there and just lit them up for 60 minutes. Like That has nothing to do with Kyler Murray. So that's a little bit disconcerting. Since you just brought that up, let's just have a moment. Cam, 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 Cam. You've never been a huge Cam guy, but he – It's a great It's a great story. I, I couldn't believe the contract. Really? $10 million, four and a half guaranteed? Who's bidding on Cam Newton right now? But God bless him. Uh, getting in the end zone – Superman, he's got the mojo. That was that was my I think my most favorite moment of of the past week of football, whatever the hell week we are in right now is a, a week week ten. Thank you very much. Uh, I I did not have that as something was going to happen that that Cam was going to be making news and flexing and, and and back in Carolina. I really enjoyed it. I don't I'm know. It, it, I'm happy for him. <laughs> happy for the fan. Look, he he's not who he used to be, but it's a cool thing. And and I think if if you're a Panthers fan, I mean, what the hell? That that's probably the best thing that's happened to you in a while. So, playoff uh, team, playoff team, maybe, maybe in the NFC. I mean, you know, listen, they get the nine wins, they're, they're going to have a shot, and their schedule certainly advantageous. So they they could they could definitely yeah. get there. Ben Ice is going to join us in in one minute here, and we'll go through our uh, place your bet segment. We've got the Packers in there with Indy and Baltimore, Cincinnati, Dallas, Pittsburgh, hit a bunch of games. But just real quick here, uh, weigh in on Baker. It's been a quite quite a quite a season for good old Baker. His battles with OBJ, the Browns getting having just horrendous performances, including this past week. Yeah, yeah. And we're asking the question: Should the Browns move on from Baker? Which seems like uh, this question has been out there for I don't know a year Years. plus right now. But yeah, what do you what do you think? 
Where are you sitting don't, I today? don't think they should move on from him unless they can swing a trade for one of the big guys this offseason. If Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson becomes available, which I've talked to some people in the league, some high-ranking people in the league who believe they will be. Um, and Deshaun Watson, by the way, depending on his legal situation, that's another one. Now, I don't know if the Browns have the capital to do it. The Eagles have three first-round picks. Giants have a couple first-round picks. The Dolphins have picks. Like So the Browns – I don't know that they can get into those sweepstakes. If they can, I'd make a trade for one of those guys. In a heart- Again, Watson pending his legal situation. But I, I'd make a trade for one of those guys in a heartbeat. Because Mayfield's not an elite player. Like I, I will go as far as this. I would play out his fifth-year option. Otherwise, I would just let it play out next year. But, man, at some point, like you've got to be better than this. And it's not like one of these situations. Like Trevor Lawrence has been awful this year. but. I also want to see Trevor Lawrence with an actual NFL team around him. The Browns have how many guys around him that can play? They have a great offensive line. They run the ball crazy. Stefanski's a top five play caller in the NFL. Even without Beckham, you've got Landry. You've got Higgins. You've got those tight ends. I mean, you can't do anything. Every time it comes down to Baker Mayfield having to make a play, he can't do it. And that game in New England – like, I get it. He was beat up. He's got a million things going on. But you know what, man? You're like, and credit to him for being out there, but you're out there. Like, once you're out there, I don't want to hear about your injuries. If you're hurt, you're hurt. That's fine. But no, but come on, Carm. I mean, if you're playing, you're playing. Like, I, I, and you can I, play. I hear you, and I just, I just have a softer side of me. Like I appreciate, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the desire to be out there. I also, do, I also, where I would criticize, like, look. If you're not healthy and you can't do it, don't put yourself in front of the team just because you want to play. Uh, not, not that the, not exactly that the Browns that's, have. Uh, that's my point. Like, if if you're saying you're healthy enough to play, then you need to perform. You know, when Mahomes had a foot injury that needed surgery, I played through it in the Super Bowl. You didn't hear me come on and go, "Well, you know, his foot." Look, you played. Like, and he actually played well. The A's could block him, but, but with Mayfield, like. I, I, it's admirable that he's trying to play through it. I give him respect and props for that. But it also has to be said, look, if you're going to do that, then you can't go out and get beat 45-7 up in New England. You just can't. Like, you can't throw a brutal pick that turns the tide of the game. You can't. It, it, it wasn't good. And and you, you're you right. No, you, 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 we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not saluting Baker today. That's, there's no way, and this is not based off of one game, because anybody who does anything based off one game is an idiot. You cannot pay him $40 million a year. You just can't. I don't, and I've had, and I said this on Twitter the other day, and I had multiple people say to me, well, then what do you do? You figure it out. But you're, if you pay him $40 million a year, you're guaranteeing yourself you're never winning a Super Bowl ever. Because you pay him, guess what? Your line's going to get worse. You're going to lose some weapons. That happens when you pay guys. But you don't mind paying the Rodgers, the Josh Allens, the Mahomes, the Wilsons, because those, the Brady's, because those guys can overcome losing an offensive lineman. They can overcome losing a receiver. Baker Mayfield's not overcoming that. Like, there's no way I would pay him that amount of money. Not a chance in hell. Terrible terrible position for the Browns. Absolutely terrible right now. Uh, Neither is a good option. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. 
Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Let's bring in our guy, Ben Heisler. Bet sided for all your gambling slash football and or other sport content needs. Uh, ben, of course, with us today alongside WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T.com, where you should go to get your lines. Good morning slash midday to you, Ben Heisler. Heisler muted for the love of God. Um, is Heisler muted or is it our own technology? I, I go a 50-50 shot on this one. <laughs> here we are. Here we there are. There you go. There he is. Good afternoon. Good morning. I, I thought initially I was just going to say something uh, negative about the, the Chiefs win, and then I thought I'd immediately get muted. And No, sure enough, it was my own fault, but it's good to see you guys. We Ben, 30 seconds. Are the Chiefs back? Go ahead. No, I, they, they were never gone, so you can't be back if you didn't leave. They've had their issues, but so has every other team in the AFC. They were always going to be in the race. Patrick Mahomes is always going to hang around the MVP. It was just something we hadn't seen in a long time that it warranted all this overreaction. So they're, they're not back because they never actually left. That's they how I have left, and They had their coat on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were just kind of hovering. It was to a point where they were like saying goodbye to some people, and then somebody else came in and were like, Hors d'oeuvres, bacon wrapped shrimp. They're like, all right, we'll stay. We'll stay. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's basically where they were at going to that Raiders game. Yeah. So, so I, 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 Chiefs fans got mad at me because with everybody on, on Sunday night saying they're back, Mahomes is back. I was all right. But if I see this one more time, I'm going to have to start muting and taking out Chiefs are back. And the, people found really creative ways to tell me that, that the Chiefs were back without actually saying the Chiefs were back. Never dog Kansas City football no. fans. They they really God bless you all. The, the the sports talk ratings in that city are all always off the charts because I don't think anybody has anything else to do, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, and that sounds like a shot, but it's not really a shot because there are great things in Kansas City. All right. More importantly, let's place our bets here. We got six games on the dock, and we're starting with uh, a little NFC North battle. The Packers a two and a half point favorite. Interesting number there uh, on the road at Minnesota with the number being 50, Ben, you, you, you ride in the uh, somehow, some way, always getting it done, Green Bay Packers? It feels too easy, right? Especially that this number hasn't climbed to three, which I thought would happen immediately the moment that Wimbet hung this line at two and a half, but it, it stayed right there. Um, you know, I, I'm probably meeting a little bit of crow on the Vikings. I thought that they were kind of dead in the water with all the close games that they've continued to lose, but – they go on the road last week at an important victory uh, against the Chargers. Cousins has actually been one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year at avoiding pressure, and that's with a pretty bad offensive line in Minnesota. And he's going to need to do that again this week against the Packers, who have put together three outstanding, like top-of-the-line, top-tier defensive performances against some pretty good teams the last few weeks. So I, I look at Green Bay, and it feels like this should be an easy, clear-cut victory for them, but it kind of feels like a trap to me out of Vegas. So instead, I'll focus on the total where the uh, Vikings have gone um, uh, 4-0 in their last home games on the under. The under is 7-0 for the Packers in their last seven games. Uh, it just feels like 
50 feels a tad bit high for two teams that are actually playing much better defense when all the focus is going to be on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. I, I like the under in this game. I feel like it's going to be like a 23-17 type of game. Every single game the Vikings lost this year, for the record, they could have won. I mean, Minnesota is better than their four and five. I think that's obvious. But go ahead, Bergeram. I'm with Ben. I, I like the under a lot. I, I think it's going to be something like 24 to 20, you know, one way or the other. I, I would take the Packers, if you ask me on the line, I would take the Packers to win and cover close. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, my first inclination, too, was, wow, the Packers only by two and a half. But, you know, you always forget in these games – I think a lot of times cliches are BS in the NFL, but rivalry games, divisional games matter. Like those teams are so used to seeing each other. They're not intimidated. Like, you know, a lot of teams you see Aaron Rodgers are intimidated by him. The Vikings see him all the time. You know, you're, you, and you're used to it. You know, you, you found some successful ways to slow him down. So I do think it'll be close. I, I don't think Jalen calling for the upset in the chats. It's 26, 20 in my, Minnesota could definitely see it. I, I think it's under, uh, but I, I like, I like the, the the Packers to win a tight game uh, because look, I just I think they're I think they're a significantly better team. All right, let's move on. Buffalo and Indy, the Bills bouncing back and a seven point favorite here against the upstart Indianapolis Colts. The number on this one comes in at forty nine and a half, uh, which is I think exactly right where I expected that one. So I'm 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 guessing. I'm going to make a guess here. I'm, I think you're taking the Colts, Ben Heisler. I am taking the Colts. I, I like that number at seven, and it wouldn't surprise me that if anybody wanted to wait on this game for a little bit, with all the public love back on Josh Allen as the MVP favorite at win bet, for everybody looking at what they saw against the Jets as some sort of sign that Josh Allen is back, wouldn't shock me if this number actually goes to seven and a half. And if that's the case, then that's going to be one of my bigger bets of the week to take the Colts at plus seven and a half, but I'm still comfortable with them at seven. Uh, they've been a substantially better team uh, really since Carson Wentz started to show that he's healthy. The defense is still playing well. I, they let Jacksonville hang around, but if we're going to give Jacksonville some credit, they've made some strong turnarounds in their season as well, especially defensively. I think the Colts, this number just is too high for a Buffalo team that's been so up and then so down over the course of the year. Colts are 4-0 against the spread in their last four games following a loss against the spread. Just feels like they hang around kind of like they did in that playoff game against Buffalo. I, I like them to cover this number at seven. So do I. I, I love this number for the Colts. I think the Bills are the better team. But i got to be honest. I wouldn't be shocked if Indianapolis went up there and beat them outright. I mean, I, the Colts could definitely win this game. The, you know, the one advantage that the Bills have most weeks is their coaching. But the Colts can coach. Like, Eberflus is a great defensive coordinator. And I'll tell you right now, and it's gone under the radar because of everybody talking about Kansas City, Buffalo has struggled every bit as much against cover two defenses. It, it has really been a problem for Josh Allen. But guess what the Colts do? Almost exclusively, they play cover two defense. They are going to sit back. They're going to take away everything over the top, and they're going to dare them to throw the ball. And the Leonard is going to be all over the place. Buckner is going to be a problem. The interior of that line, they can, they've had all kinds of issues blocking. Look, if you, if you said you got to pick a, you know, a winner, I would take Buffalo in a really close game. I think Indianapolis covers, and I think this is a very live dog with four minutes to go in that game. I, I do not think this is going to be a game where the Bills just run away and hide. 
Just for the record, shout out the Manning cast who claims that Indy would be a great place to host the Super Bowl uh, for those of us there who get to travel. Once. Yeah, well, there you go. It was well received. Uh, yeah, and w- way better in Los Angeles, way better in Miami. Nobody wants to go to Indianapolis I will, in I will February. say, though, real quick, they're talking about moving the combine out of Indy after this year. That That's bullshit. Indianapolis <laughs> is a great place to host that event. I've been there multiple times for it. Everybody in the NFL – Every single person in the NFL loves going there for that event. Nobody wants to see it move to Los Angeles. And yet the NFL, because if you're going to squeeze eight more dollars out of it, it's like, well, let's get it to Silver. It's also because it's our NFL network has offices and they just want to get it there and they don't want to have to travel. But for all the rest of us who have to cover this league, it would be great if they kept it in Indy. They won't because they're, they're cheap. But meanwhile, I've got to fly in a tuna can to get down to Mobile in January, it's going to be me and all the Chicago Bears executives, as it is every year, flying out of O'Hare to get down to friggin' Pensacola and then connect. Um, it's it's a it's a travesty. That said, Senior Bowl does a great job, so I, I don't I don't mind. Once I'm there, I love it. But man, getting there. Ooh. Speaking of the of the Bears, and I do wonder what what execs are going to be on that play. What were we going to say, Ben? I was just going to say I actually do agree with Verderam. Indianapolis, really good central located city, Great. both on the map and as far as actual things to do. You can get to everywhere by walking if you're if you're set up downtown. It's yep. actually pretty underrated spot for Final Fours for uh, major events. Combine makes a lot of sense. It's a good stadium. I I'm a fan. I'm a fan I, I, of Indy Forest. I don't buy it. If you're good, if you're doing the Midwest, just go to Chicago. Don't mess around with Indianapolis. And and I I, I get it. it's cheaper. Yeah, it's too spread out. What's too spread Chicago. out? Chicago. Oh come on. There's no. There's, what would you know about it? And by I, the way, okay. For the record, I've been to Indy. I've I live in Chicago. I know what I'm talking about here. Why would you ever go to Indianapolis when you have Chicago right there? That Listen, makes no Carm, sense. You're right for like the Big Ten tournament should be yeah. in Chicago and maybe. Right. Maybe once in a while it's, it's it's in Indianapolis just because Indiana's basketball crazy. But the the, the combine makes too much sense in the indoor facility. I, I, I got the indoor thing, but hey, they're going to have the Bears are going to have a stadium in Arlington Heights in 2023, and then that's, that's when true. you can move the combine. I mean, that's this is true. all happening. All right, but that is a little bit down the road. Okay, fine. Hey, back to uh, business here. Let's make some cool. money. Speaking, uh, of speaking, of the, speaking of the Bears right there, at home, they've got the Ravens. The Ravens are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Baltimore's been wonky. The Bears are terrible. Matt Nagy is going to get fired unless he has a miracle the rest of the way here. 40 and a, 45 and a half points. Justin Fields actually looked like the Justin Fields the Bears want him to be, and they should have beaten Pittsburgh or could have beaten him if the defense had stopped the Steelers on their last run. So you're going to ride the Bears at home here, Ben? God, I wish I could because that Monday night performance was special. It was something that you, Carm, and I, the three of us, really, we, we haven't seen from the Bears. Like, Five plays in the second half of 20-plus yards to different receivers from Justin Fields. He was spreading it around. He was absolutely cooking on the offensive side of the ball. It just You felt the whole time like we had to like adjust our television sets because it didn't feel like we were watching a Bears game. Uh, that, that total came down under 40 last week. So all of a sudden, for, to see the Bears put up numbers was really impressive. At the same time, it's a week-to-week league. Bears have not been good in the Matt Nagy era coming off a bye as well. Uh, it just feels like for all the excitement that Bears fans have right now and also a weird spot for the Ravens in that, that bizarre road loss to the Dolphins, I, I'm going to probably side away from this game. It just it doesn't feel like a, a number from either side that I like. 
Um, if anything, I would strongly recommend that because the Ravens are going to win, this is the perfect game to tease, uh, move that number down from minus six and a half to basically a half of a point. So as long as they win by one, that number covers for you. To me, if I still had to take a side, I like Baltimore because you can get them under that touchdown. Just feels like they're the better team. Harbaugh's going to run circles around Matt Nagy. And even if Justin Fields gets himself back on track, Bears defense the last few weeks against the 49ers and now against Pittsburgh, which is not a good offense this year with Ben Roethlisberger. I still gave up, you know, almost 30 points again. Just doesn't feel like the Bears, if the offense is good, the defense struggles. If the defense plays great, the offense is going to be terrible. Just not a team that I want to side with right now. So if I had to take a side, I'll take Baltimore minus six and a half. So this is a hard line. I'm with you on that. I, I looked at it. I'm still looking at it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the lightning a little bit with Justin Fields here. Yes. I, I'm going to say the because here's here's one thing though that, that is the key to me is can can the Bears throw the ball effectively like they did against Pittsburgh? Baltimore gives up more yards per game, passing yards per game than anybody in the NFL. They're the worst passing defense in football. Now normally with the Bears you go well who cares because the Bears don't throw the ball well. Fields looked really good. He's coming off a bye. The one thing in this game, the Ravens blitz like crazy. You better be ready to handle the blitz. Now that doesn't mean picking it. It means him either moving the pocket, getting him out on the edge. Like if, if Fields gets out of contain, he's a problem. Like that is one thing. If if the Ravens do not contain him with their blitzes, it can be very interesting. Now can the Bears stop Lamar? I don't know, but I'll make this case. Lamar Jackson, the last month of the season, is not throwing the ball well at all. He is throwing for us at a thousand yards over his last four games. He's got six touchdowns and five picks. He's not been good. So, you know, I think this game's interesting. I will take the Bears to cover. I don't know that they win, but I think they cover the spread. Carm, do you think Do you think the play calling changed? And, and Verner, I guess this can be for you too, but but Carm, I know, is in Chicago um, you know, doing a lot with this team. Do you think the play calling changed in the second half, or do you think they actually collectively collaborated and, and made adjustments? Because it was a, it was a completely different team. Uh, my my take on it, Ben, is that Fields is just getting to know his guys. He's him and Allen Robinson, who were not on the same page. That's coming along. Him and Cole Komet is coming along. The protection is, I suppose, slightly better. But if you watch Fields, the decision making from when to leave the pocket that he was doing earlier in the year to what he's doing now is vastly different. Which is why I actually would ride the Bears this week because. You that they've they've had an opportunity to grow in the bye week seemingly. Uh, Fields is is I I don't see any reason why he can't continue on this trajectory. Plus, you're getting guys back healthy. Hopefully, Khalil Max back. Akeem Hicks is that much healthier. I do. I actually like the Bears this week, um, and I also think that somehow, some way, it can't be this this easy that they just completely collapse and it's that obvious that Matt Nagy's going to leave. I think there's got to be some drama here. That's how Chicago lives. So. I, I like the I actually like the Bears to win the game this week, but yeah, I could be also slightly on the bias side, but I, probably not actually. Good, good, solid balance take here, but I just think he's getting better, Ben, and and more and 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 learning his guys. He, him, and Mooney quickly were on the same page, and it wasn't that way with 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 Robinson and or the tight ends. Um, also, Montgomery coming back is a big deal. So, all right, let's move on. Cincinnati is a one-point favorite on the road at the Raiders, forty-eight and a half. Let's. Uh, Anybody want to ride the Bengals on the road? That feels very dangerous. Yeah, but apparently riding the Raiders at home 
is equally dangerous too. Like you and I were both on the Raiders train last week, did not go well. Thought they were actually getting a nice number there. And sure enough, the Chiefs decided that they wanted to step up. I I, I kind of like the Bengals here. I, I feel like after the Raiders uh, moved on from Gruden, they got that little new coach bump uh, that you get sometimes after someone gets fired or let go. Team plays inspired for a couple of weeks and, and now things are really starting to go awry for for the for the Raiders. It, offense looks completely out of sync. Uh, defense giving up chunk plays left and right. And Cincinnati, uh, for most of the year, had been one of those teams where they're really balanced on offense. They've been giving Mixon plenty of opportunities to get the ground game going. He's caught some passes as well. Uh, and we were doing a, a look over at Betsided today about whether or not the, the, sur- the surrounding noise behind Mac Jones uh, making a case for offensive rookie of the year is actually valid. I mean, it's it's not. Jamar Chase is no. going to pass Justin Jefferson's all-time rookie record, and it's not going to be close. I mean, he's fifth in the NFL in yards with only 44 receptions. He's been 19 yards per pa- or per reception this year. That's that's insane. That's far away more than everybody else in the league. And the Raiders can't stop anybody deep. So Chase is going to have a big game. T. Higgins, um, Tyler, you know, Boyd is going to go off. It. This feels like a good opportunity for the Bengals to, to get themselves right go into Vegas, be able to play on the turf, use some of those outstanding wide receivers to make some deep plays. I really like the Bengals this week. Yeah, I like the Bengals too. They're coming off a bye. And listen, I think it's got to be factored. Like, are the Raiders just kind of emotionally cooked? I mean, this has been a long year for this team. It's been a long year. Gruden, Damon Arnett, the tragedy involving Henry Ruggs, right? Like that, that's a lot of stuff. That is just, at some point, are they just worn out emotionally, mentally? And the other part is from just a purely football standpoint, they've had a million first-round picks over the last four or five years with the Cologne Mack trade and everything else. Who have they hit on? Like, who have they hit on? Ruggs and Garnett we just touched on. They're both not no longer with the team for different reasons, of course. Josh Jacobs, he's fine. Is anyone going into a game worried about him? Plus, he's hurt all the time. Cleveland Farrell, I think at this point, it's, it's pretty clear he's a bust. They have not hit on any, you know, Jonathan Abram. A- Abram's been Abram's played well, but not yeah, Josh, at the J- level. J- J- right. a- Abram is a box safety, which is fine. I mean, the Chiefs targeted him nine times on Sunday night, and they had nine catches for, I think it was like 145 yards, including the Darrell Williams mossing of him in the end zone. Which, if that happens, you need to retire. But they've not drafted well. And I think Carr gets a lot more crap than he deserves. He's a good quarterback. Although, if you pressure him, he falls apart. But he's a good, solid quarterback. They're just, they're not as good as they were earlier in the year. Part of that, again, everything's gone on. I thought the Chiefs just hammering them. You wonder how much of that just kind of is now like, all right, they're, they're ready to kind of go for a long winter's nap. I like the Bengals here. All right. Two more to go here. Uh, and please don't ever dog on Josh Jacobs again, who's been fine. If, if not even good. And he's the epitome uh, of a guy. Yeah. Well, but, but he's not a guy to me because he was working with sleep number and he got in a bed with me at, a, at the Super Bowl and we did an interview in My bed. I will forever him as we speak. I will forever love Josh Jacobs and his willingness to uh, be comfortable in, 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 in Super Bowl radio row. All right. Dallas, Kansas city. This is the big one. 
Cowboys playing some great football. The Chiefs seemingly are back with three wins in a row. It's at Arrowhead. Kansas City is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, so we're expecting a tight one. 56, bunch of points on the board here, Ben. Yeah, and we actually have a little bit of live movement, line movement live. Uh, just check the number over at WinBet. The Chiefs are right now minus two-and-a-half, so you're getting some wow. money early okay. here on Kansas City. I, I think you're going to have some sharp betters that are trying to get this number before it eventually moves to three, and that's pretty surprising, guys, because you have two of the most – public heavy teams in the NFL in Kansas city and Dallas going up against each other. The Cowboys are eight and one against the spread. They're three and zero against the spread as underdogs this year. Contrast that with Kansas city who only got their third win ATS last week. The other two were against bums in Washington and Philadelphia on the road. This is a tough game to, to predict because I, I kind of like that two and a half number. Um, I'm leaning towards the Cowboys, but I, I feel like if you're going to get the game that you really want to see, and there's supposed to be good weather in the forecast for Kansas City, that was the only reason that I was possibly considering shying away from the, the over here. But uh, 56 actually feels reasonable for this type of game. I, the Chiefs defense has been playing better, uh, but Dallas's offense, especially with the way that they run, open up play action. They have so many different weapons that the Chiefs just aren't going to be able to grab no matter how more improved their their defense is. So yeah, it might be a bit of a public play, but I'd rather get the over at 56 now than say the over 57 or 57 and a half that it'll likely be at the end of the week. So my lean is Cowboys plus two and a half, but I'd rather take the total here. I expect plenty, uh, plenty of points in Arrowhead. So let's go over 56. I've been I've been fading every Chiefs line for about a month because the Chiefs hadn't been covering. They hadn't yeah, been covering right over right and over and over and over. I think the Chiefs are going to cover that spread, and, and it's more based out of not even so. Look, partially because how they play against the Raiders, right? But also, oh, I think they match up well against Dallas, which I, I think on the surface you'd go, what? Like what? Dallas doesn't have Randy Gregory or Demarcus Lawrence in this game. They're going to be very hard time getting them. Nobody blitzes Mahomes. It's suicide to blitz him. So they're not going to blitz him in this game, and I do not think they're going to get home against them. I think the Chiefs are going to have all day to throw the ball. Mahomes now has all his confidence. He's in rhythm. I, I believe the offense will score. And one thing, look, Diggs, Drayvon Diggs has been amazing for Dallas this year. He's eight picks. If you watch him, there's one thing the teams have had success doing against him. It is double moves with speedy receivers. Well, if there's a team in the league that is willing to, to put a speedy receiver on him and do a double move, it's them. So I would expect them to try a few of those. Of course, I, I think Dallas will be ready as well. Um, but I think the Chiefs, in what I really believe is the story of the game, I think the Chiefs can cover man-on-man in this game. Now, look, the, the Cowboys are going to get there, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to hold them to 17 points. But with LeJarius Need, Rashad Fenton, and Traverius Ward playing the way they're playing, with Willie Gay in coverage, with Tyron Matthew able to lock up one-on-one, I think the Chiefs are going to do a pretty respectable job in this game. I think it's something like 31-23. Maybe it's it's a little close. Maybe it's 31-27, which obviously, if if you know those two scores, you're looking to do the math. I think it's right around that 56 total. I'll stay away from the total. I think it's going to be right around that number. I think Kansas City is going to win this game at home with a one-score game. All right. Let's uh, – I'm looking forward to it. Let's wrap up here. Say it. Uh, uh, who do I – that's a – who do I go with? 
I'm taking the Kansas City damn Chiefs. Um, I just told you that I, 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 I've got them as the best team in the AFC, which is, uh, you know, just a little bit of an early season blip. Defense is bad. Mahomes looks like Mahomes. Five touchdown passes, making all sorts of Mahomes-level plays. Uh, D- Dallas has been overly impressive. Pat myself on the back. I said they would win the NFC East in our first ever stack in the box of 2021, but they ain't walking into Kansas City. Super Bowl preview? Game. No way. No, I, I would agree. I would, no, I don't think it is either, but I, I think it's a very good game. Yeah, I do expect Kansas City to be there. But all right, let's wrap up here. Pittsburgh uh, on the road at the Chargers. Chargers, of course, coming off a loss to the Vikings at home. Uh, Roethlisberger didn't play last week. He is. Most people are thinking that he will play this week, but that's at least up in the air. Still, anybody want to uh, take a spin here at a, at a tough game to predict right now? The Chargers are a five-point favorite at home with 47 being the number. I'll, I'll, I'll go Chargers here, even though it's probably going to be a bit of a public play. They're much better than what they've shown the last several weeks. Like they've, they've put up a lot of stinkers, including that game, that bad loss against Baltimore where they lost 34-6, to and a three-point loss to New England – beat the Eagles by three, but that was a game that they probably should have taken more advantage of. And then a a touchdown loss to Minnesota. So they've been hanging around really in in three consecutive games, other than that blowout from, uh, from back, I think it was in week six, they're going to get themselves going on the ground. They have a lot of weapons. I know the Pittsburgh's defense, especially if if TJ Watt is a hundred percent looks a lot better, but Steelers have been exposed a little bit too. Uh, considering what the Bears were able to do to them uh, on Monday night. A lot of deep shots down the field that they weren't able to stop. Um, and, and the Chargers have a great deep ball thrower in Herbert, great wide receiver across the middle in Keenan Allen. Uh, and Mike Williams, even though he's had a bit of an up-and-down season, like most seasons for him, uh, when he's going, especially as a deep threat, he's very, very difficult to bring down. So I, I think the Chargers, it's a, it's a get-right game for them, especially uh, I, I just don't trust quarterbacks – coming off of uh, something like COVID for Big Ben, where you're dealing with your lungs and trying to breathe and get yourself back. And he's already been one of the league worst quarterbacks this year. So even though he might make a substantial difference over Mason Rudolph, just doesn't feel like an advantageous spot. So I like the Chargers. I I think this number is going to climb. So jump in at at minus five while you still can. So I don't think... Ben Roethlisberger makes a substantial difference with Mason Rudolph, even when he plays and he's healthy. Has anyone watched Ben Roethlisberger play football the last year and a half? Like I, I feel like sometimes nationally, and I'm not, I'm not obviously taking a shot here. I, I think nationally there is this mindset that like, oh well, without Ben they have no chance. Roethlisberger has been atrocious for a year and a half straight. Like he's averaging six yards an attempt. He took the Steelers down the field against the Bears in the fourth quarter, Verderam, against that elite defense that he once stinks. was. He stinks. He stinks. He's bad, Verderam, but Mason Rudolph's worse. Dwayne Haskins can't even get on the field. Well, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins is a handful of years. Like, there's, there's, there's bad, and then there's categorically awful. And Rudolph isn't categorically awful, and Big Ben is bad. God, they're both they're both just not good. <laughs> I guess my point is it does like the game, it, my opinion of this game is not changed. I for the record, I think the Chargers win they cover. Okay. Um the Steelers defense is good, but not great this year. Devin Bush has struggled to come back from the torn ACL. Minka Fitzpatrick now has COVID. We'll see if he can play or not. Roethlisberger, like whether or not he plays, I don't really care. Their line's terrible. 
The only thing in this game, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you want to hang your hat on, the Chargers defense is hideous. I mean, hideous. The Steelers might have won these games like they had against Denver where they just run the ball for 150 yards. I mean, that that's the one way, you know, they, they may be hanging. And by the way, with the Chargers, who are every year one of the weirdest teams in football, you have Justin Herbert. And, like, they refuse to throw the ball down the field. They just will not do it. Every throw is a check down. It's eight yards in the – like Mike Rainier over Pro Football Focus had a stat that Herbert's average depth of target, so air yards essentially, is less than what Alex Smith's was the last year in Kansas City. Like, they just refuse to challenge anybody. So that that is the only thing in this game that would make me go, maybe Pittsburgh hangs in there and it's weird, but – I. I can't. Herbert is such a better quarterback. They're better. I, I, I think the Chargers – and the Chargers have to win this game. Like, the Chargers, if they want to keep in this division, they got to win. I, I will take the Chargers to win. Ben, great stuff. Betsided.com for all your gambling content. That's where you should be heading. The managing editor of Betsided. And, of course, WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T.com for all your gambling lines and pleasures and needs. Ben? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you guys. Enjoy week 11. Should be fun. Week 11, baby. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next week at uh, 1130 Central right here on this YouTube channel. All right, Verram, do you, should, real quick, we got two topics we didn't hit. Uh, one was, does Justin Fields have another big game this week? I'm answering yes, and the Ravens are second from the bottom and allowing uh, balls thrown through the air. So why not? Let's go Justin Fields. I think there's another big game. So I think the Bears are going to cover. I and mean, then we kind of talked on it, so I won't I won't go too deep into it. But yeah, I think the Bears are gonna cover. I think Fields is gonna play well. The Ravens yeah. have been look, everybody acts like this is some foregone conclusion they're gonna win this game. The Ravens have been extremely bizarre all year long. Like they're they're six and three. They could easily be three and six. Almost I'd almost go as far as to say they should be three and six. I mean, they have had some very, very strange games this season. No question. And quickly because we've been here an hour, and we appreciate everybody who's watched uh, or just checking us out right now, but particularly those who have stuck, stuck with us and hung out. We, we love you. Yep. Um, Patriots challenging Buffalo for the AFC East. I, I gave New England love. Uh, I, I, I don't like doing it. I really enjoy when Belichick loses. It makes me feel good, but four wins in a row, and Mac Jones doing what he's been doing, which has not been – you know, over the top, but it's been very solid, especially for a rookie quarterback. Yep. And and maybe there's even a little bit more arm strength that people are giving him credit for. He's put the ball in some tight places, at least at times. Buffalo's been look awkward at, at you know, I don't know. I, no, I, I think no you got to give New England a chance. New England's schedule yeah. is not crazy, man. Like, they've got Miami, they've got Atlanta, they have Jacksonville. Indy's a winnable game. Not easy, not easy, but winnable. Um, but they also play Buffalo twice. And everybody talked about, oh, the Bills schedule is such a joke. Well, not so much. They've got New England twice. They're at Tampa. They're at New Orleans on Thanksgiving. They play the Colts. I mean, those are five games. They could lose any of those games. That is not oh, – none of those games outside of maybe at Tampa are brutal. But they're all games. If the Bills lost, you wouldn't be, like, blown away by it. I think the Bills win the division, but I think New England is going to make it very interesting all year long. Uh, hey. Uh, I'm I'm here for some uh, some drama in in the AFC East. All right, what's going on behind the scenes, Sir Verram? Thanks again for everybody for watching. Subscribers yep. to the YouTube channel, we really really appreciate it. Uh, and yes, 
you are giving us job security. So give, give a thumbs up that. helps us, uh, you know, to grow the channel. So if you're here, so, really appreciate it. Thanks. So much. By the way, Jalen, I love that you're picking all the games alongside us, man. That's awesome. Um, all right. So what's going on in my life? Normally this is where I just say Knicks and then launch it to something, but I don't want to talk about the Knicks right now. They're, they're two over 500. They're fine. But their starting lineup makes me want to throw up all over the place every night as they come out in the third quarter and just routinely give up a 15 nothing run. It is – you should have – Carm, you would have enjoyed uh, – they played the Hornets the other night? Yep. They came out of half and in four minutes gave up 22 points. It was – and it wasn't like even like Charlotte was shooting the lights at it. It was just like wide open three after wide open three. The Knicks – Stat News put this out there. The Knicks starting five have the worst defensive rating in NBA history for starting. It is just impossible. But Tibbs, after that Charlotte game, basically vowed to just bench everyone for the rest of their lives. They came out. They played well against Indiana. They held 84 points. Uh, their bench, as always, did the job. Your guy, Derek Rose, coming up big. And the Knicks closed the game by benching Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier and just playing uh, Emmanuel quickly, who after a, a slow start to the year is on fire and playing Derrick Rose. So that's nice to see. They have the Pistons and the Magic in their next two games at home. I'd like to see them win both of those games, get to 10-6. and six. I feel a lot better. Your Bulls on fire uh, playing great basketball, and we, we play each other again over the weekend, so that'll be interesting. Um, they- well, the Bulls the Bulls being the Clippers and Lakers in back-to-back nights, and DeMar DeRozan has is, is, been out of his skull. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he has, and apparently, uh, you know, he heard when he signed when he signed the deal with Chicago. What he saw online was, which was everywhere. This dude's done. He's washed. Not done. It's over. Yeah. Well, he took that stuff that uh, to heart, and, the and they're ten and four, okay. on pace for a nice, solid fifty-five win season here, buddy. No, they look great. They look great. I, I think it's. Yeah. And they're they're missing Patrick Williams, who right. was expect, and and they're also and they've been without a Vooch. Do you think the they sustain bit. it? The only reason they're, I ask that is because the Rose has just been so unbelievable. Like at some point you'd have to think. You know, that, that that level is going to be hard to match. But I I got to tell you, the the Bulls are hard to guard. You have a lot, a lot of, of guys who you, you have a lot you have a lot of guys who can make plays. Lonzo Ball's playing out of his mind too, and Zach's on another level. They're good, man. Caruso impacts the game every night. They're they're uh, I mean they're not you know a championship team, but they are a very competitive NBA team right now. The no, Bulls are. It's been fun to watch them. I, I, with the Knicks, I have no idea. I I mean I think they'll be fine, but God, I mean they go through stretches where it's like defensively, which with Tibbs is weird, but defensively they just don't stop anybody. But then then when like when they want to though, like against Indiana last night, they got down twelve points in the third quarter. Tibbs called a timeout, went absolutely ballistic, and yanked their starters off the floor. Their bench players, who are just, by the way, their bench unit is unbelievable. Comes in, gets the game back to square. They gave up 10 points the fourth quarter. Like, Indiana shot 2 of 21, and the Knicks were just all over them. Like, I don't know that there was one open shot the entire quarter. Anyway, uh, I will say real quick, because this is the thing I put on the rundown. Christmas. Okay, obviously, Carm, I know you, a man of, of Hanukkah, excited for that. I am a man looking forward to Christmas, but I'm a, I'm a fan of all holidays. When is it appropriate? And I don't know, does this conversation happen around Hanukkah? Like, when is it appropriate to put out <laughs> the decorations? Because I would put out the decorations in August if given the opportunity. My wife, Scrooge of all Scrooges, will not let me do it until the day after Thanksgiving. 
Where do you sign? So the day after Thanksgiving is the, I think that is the go point for sure for most people. Uh, I, I would, I would, Burram, you want to do it today? I'm down. You're a cheery guy. You want to spread it? That's, right. that's beautiful. You want that's beautiful. I, I would say though, the week of Thanksgiving, like that Sunday, or for you who works all day on Sunday, that Monday, <laughs> that Monday leading into. I don't think you have to wait for after the turkey. Like it's Turkey Week. It's family and celebration and friends. I think that Monday is a nice preemptive strike to get yourself out there. By the way, I'm going to throw this out there as we go. Uh, maybe set this the whole thing on fire. Thanksgiving is the most overrated holiday. Oh, that's the worst take you've ever no! had. No, the turkey's always it's like turkey's always dry. I just, you're going to the you're going to the wrong house. You shouldn't have a dry turkey. Many Thanksgiving houses. Okay, over the. And I, I'm not. I love ham. I'm not a turkey quit, guy. Quit, quit eating the white meat. Go for the dark. Always delicious. I always, I always do get the white meat. That is true. So go for, go for the dark. I, way know, better. I, like, I love Christmas food. As an Italian, you always got the lasagna, and then there's the ham. The ham's beautiful. Big ten pound ham, like circular cut. I'll tell you what, too. I learned this from my nana years ago. Okay, you, if you're somebody, you have a ham. Get the ham pre-cut, circular, spiral cut. Get brown sugar. And pack some sugar, just a nice light layer, not like nothing insane. A nice light layer on top, and you drizzle some syrup on you, first, first a little syrup on the ham, and then you pack the brown sugar. You put it in the oven; it'll, it'll cook off. It'll, but it pours into all the into all the creases of the cuts. Oh my god, Ugh, beautiful, beautiful. There you go, there you go. Uh, hey, uh, you don't get that on Thanksgiving. You get you get bullshit ass turkey, and then you follow that up with, oh hey, what side do you want? Do you want stuffing? Which, by the way, stuffing, no raisins. Son of a bitch. Every time with the raisins. Stop putting in raisins. Stuffing is yeah. a beautiful thing until raisins are put into it. Then you just throw it right in the garbage. Yeah, I'm I'm eating stuffing with raisins and or with gravy and loving it. And same thing with mashed potatoes. And give potatoes me some corn. Good. I mean, come on. Come on. You're, you're talking about the... A, a great, great, great meal, and 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 have some wine or whatever else to to your to your pleasure, and enjoy the day. I love Thanksgiving football. I mean, come on, this is a, this is an atrocious moment in stacking the box history right now. But I, 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 I my dry turkey, my raisins with the, the damn stuff. Tell oh, somebody, hey, look. oh hey, who's everybody? Having... It's Bears Lions. Can't wait to tune into that. I'm fired up for Bears Lions. It's going to be a great one. God, you know this uh, the suicide hotline is going to be going nuts. It's, it'll be a great day for football. All right. Uh, I, I want to hit on, and we're way over uh, the old uh, who puts raisins and stuffings. All right, Gonzo. Too many people, Gonzo. Too many people. Gonzo, Gonzo you're the man. Uh, all right. Question, Verderam. I, I want to talk about uh, a very sensitive issue, which is the, uh, Poppy the puppy. Yeah. Uh, last night, apparently, I, I woke up this morning, and um, I definitely – had used the facilities in the middle of the night. And I woke up this morning and I get in there and it, and it's just the clearest water of all clear waters. I'm like, this dog is getting after uh, the old scene here. She's, she's, she's drinking the toilet water. Uh, and, 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 and the hell's wrong? it's the middle of the night. I don't want to wake anybody up. And, you know, and I care about the environment. Come on. We're, we're you know, I'm an old man. The, the water flies right through me. You can't, you can barely even tell. So, so, so the dog, has uh, I, I I and 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 I don't want to tell uh you know uh, the wife back home that this is that this happened. I would be right. Is, I would. Uh, she's out. 
keep that quiet, right? Things are better but, left just to the, take to the grave. But but I but I I walked the dog this morning, Vernon Ram, and, and and we had a good walk, you know. And she, and if I bring her back in, she's got to get wiped off because uh, you know it's it's muddy out there. Wife's doing it. She's like, you smell, you stink, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I I, I think I know why. The dog smells <laughs> like piss. <laughs> the, the dog, the dog after its run was That's sweating the most it out. Farming thing of all time. I mean, I was just like, oh my god, no. This is terrible. Do I out myself? Do I not out myself? No, so no, I didn't out God, myself. no, no, no. Good Lord, well, but, no. Yeah. Uh, and yes, George Ramirez, I get it. The, the lid is down now. I thought the same uh, thing, George. What, what in God's name? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I, I messed up. I this is the, the, the puppy the puppy's never done this before. I, I do I'm slightly worried. Is there gonna be repercussions here? But we had we had a good we had a good wash. She did her ones and twos, everything seems normal, but she stinks. I mean, how long is she gonna stink for? Until somebody bathes her, Carm. She doesn't need to bathe. Come on. No, she was- drank piss. <laughs> it does now. I mean, come on. Uh, I, I, okay, I hope she doesn't need a bath. I think I think like that, it just, Carm, it's going to work. It's what it grew. Bath that that's that's a good thing. After that yeah, experience. right, 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 right. There's, I mean, if you go if you Google what happens with my dog, then, then it's it's a terrifying thing. But then I talked to some other people, like, oh, my dog loved it, did it all the time. Well, I listen, brothers dogs, were dogs are. If this makes you feel any better, so I grew up. We'll, we'll get we'll get out of here. And George, you're right. I had a dog, Rascal, when I was growing up as a kid. He was a big, big German Shepherd Golden Retriever mix. Beautiful dog and, and, and a great dog. He was known in our household for getting into the garbage in the garage. The dog would eat anything. Weak old Chinese food. So I'll give you some. One time, you know you know what Desident is? It's like for a baby's butt. Like it, it, It's basically just like a gel. So it it's a gel. So you know, it, it takes care of diaper rash, essentially. Okay. All right. Great. The dog ate an entire pound of desident, right? So my mother calls poison control. She's like, "Oh my god, he ate de-. like you know what do I do?" They're like, "Listen, don't worry." Back in before you could Google this stuff, called poison control. They're like, "Listen, put him outside. He's gonna have the runs, but he'll be all right." Nothing never happened. So then, last part of this, I'm I'm ten years old, last day of school, my fifth grade year. I come back and he's dragging his back legs. He can't walk right. Now, I, I'm 10. I have no idea what the hell's wrong with him. But he's poisoned, right? So you're like, oh, my God. He's old at this point. He was like 12. We bring him to the vet. The vet's like, look, you know, we ran some tests. It looks like he, he got poisoned. He's going to stay overnight, but he's, he's probably not going to make it. Next morning, get a phone call. He's fine. You come get him. Come to find out. We have a, the transfer station from where I grew up was right across the street, and he would walk over there all the time. The guys know him. Yeah, they, they'd pet him, whatever. They'd probably give him treats. The dog drank antifreeze. Drank antifreeze. It was fine. It was fine. Didn't even phase him the next day. We just came home. We finally lived another couple of years happy ever after. So your dog, despite being disgusting and smelling like urine, well, I'm sure it'd be fine. Fingers crossed. Thank you for watching Stacking the Box. Uh, prayers up for Poppy the Poppy. And uh, for all you football fans, that your games go the way you want them to go this week. Vernon week 11. We'll, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday, 11 o'clock Central, 12 Eastern, or wherever you're checking out Stacking the Box. And uh, subscribers, we love you. Thank you for watching. 
Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for them. This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms.